Here's the snap, four-man rush. Firing downfield and got a man. Rock and roll. Touchdown, Texans. Game day is every day. Yeah, nice ball, nice ball. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. There's a sack. Wow. Bringing down the cornerback. Now, it's Texans All Access. Oh, yes, it is. Hello, Texans. Hello, sports fans. Everywhere you may be listening tonight, great to have you with us. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, John McClain with us. The general joins us on a Thursday night, which is not unusual. In fact, like I make a big deal about every Thursday, it is a certainty that the general will be with us. And it's not exactly game day eve, but it kind of feels like it. it kind of feels like tomorrow is going to be one of those days where you're just anticipating the 7 p.m. Saturday night kickoff between the Texans and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, gentlemen, here we go. Later on in the show, yeah, Ron was right. I got a Vander rant on out-of-town sports media. We'll get into that in more detail later. We're going to play Who's Better tonight. But let's kick off here with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle General. Training camp is over. So how, if at all, how have your thoughts, feelings, emotions, projections changed about this team based on what you saw over the last few weeks compared to where you were before the whole thing got started? Well, first of all, I think one reason that we're excited, you mentioned into training camp, yes, but I have to admit I love watching practice, especially with so many new players out there and watching the different positions and so many new coaches. I like watching the coaches too. I like watching Coach Casario during practice, the way he runs around and, and instructs. First time I've ever seen a general manager who was an assistant coach, but he did that with New England. He's doing it with the Texans. And then the fact they're playing their first game at home, the fact that it's the Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champion, and they're going to play their starters, including Tom Brady, a half or into the third quarter. And, uh, and also – even though they haven't played against Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott, the Cowboys started, let's see, nine starters on offense, eight on defense. And I hear people go, well, the Texans' defense was go- wasn't going up against Prescott. And I said, well, he wasn't going up against their starters. Every turnover and sack except Charles Minnehue's sacks and fumble recovery was, was provided by a backup player. So I said, there, Texans played backups against the Cowboys. So um, I think the fact that they're 2-0 and it's the Buccaneers and the defense is seven sacks and seven turnovers, those are reasons to be fired up. And uh, I have a deadline Sunday of my football section stories, and one of them is going over the schedule and predicting wins and losses. And when I did that after the draft, I had them starting 2-1, and one, finishing 3-14 and 14 with the only other victory over the Jets here. And now it's hard not to be optimistic about uh, the season when you're coming out of training camp. I mean, every team is, unless they've had an inordinate number of injuries, and you guys better knock on wood because the Texans have not had anybody blow out their knee. They haven't had a concussion that I know of. They haven't a bad one. They've been very, very fortunate to avoid serious injuries, and you hope that doesn't happen against the Bucks, and you hope that they don't have the injury bug bite them when regular season begins. But if if Tyrod, you know, now he told us it's Tyrod, even though his mother calls him Tyrod, he says he changes it every no, he year. Didn't. Yes, oh, he did. Man, Tyrod 
if Tyrod stays healthy, I think they could win four, five, six games. If he gets hurt, you know, they could finish with the worst record in the league. And I hope for his sake, especially considering his last two starting jobs in Cleveland and with the Chargers that ended with injuries early in the season. He's such a good guy, so well-respected by everybody, coaches, players, media. You wish a guy like that a lot of success. General, what's been your most pleasantest – I know it's not a word. What's been your most pleasant surprise, something you thought going into training camp was going to be an issue or you weren't totally sure about it? You walk out going, you know what? Boy, that's a lot better than I thought. What's probably the most pleasant surprise you had throughout training camp? Well, it can't be anything on offense because the offense was terrible in this last game and one good drive in the first game. So it's got to be the defense, sacks. And not just the sacks and the takeaways, but stopping the run. Worst team in the league against the run last year. And so they've given up, uh, what, 49 to 95 yards? That's a really good start. If that defense could do something like that against Tampa Bay, hold them under 100 yards and then get after Trevor Lawrence, which I think they will do. And everybody's got them losing to the, to the Jaguars, their three-point underdog. And I've thought since the schedule came out, they would beat them and still do. But it's the defense that I'm the most excited about. Wait, that line has not moved on the opening day game? Not that I follow nope. these things, as you can tell. Hasn't oh moved. Oh, my God. Did they watch? Have they watched the Jaguars play yet? Did they watch <laughs> them play the Saints the other night? <clears throat> my gosh. Okay, I'll stop. Anyway, general defensive line Johnny and I were going over it the other day. There are some tough cuts here. There's some tough cuts in other areas, too. But I think this is the toughest one on the team, and it's real hard to identify. Look, I could identify three or four guys who are virtual locks, but it gets really difficult because do they keep eight? Do they keep nine? Do they possibly keep more than that? What are your thoughts on the D-line and how it's going to shake out? Well, they're going to keep fewer linebackers, not just because they're playing a 4-3, but because most of the time they're playing two linebackers, Christian Kirksey and Zach Cunningham, because they're playing three DBs in most every situation. So they're going to keep more linemen. And I I just – I agree. That is the toughest cut. I'm trying to figure this out. Like, a, it won't be a surprise to me, but – I would never have thought going into camp that Shaq Lawson would be in danger of not making the team. Now he's playing in the fourth quarter, and I haven't heard anybody talking about him, just like we we speculated about John Reed. Great guy, hard worker, but you just didn't see him making plays like you did Thomas and Smith and some of those other DBs. And uh, I haven't heard anybody talking about Shaq Lawson. So there are going to be some tough cuts. And right now – Charles Amenehu plays end in a in a four man front slides in in passing situations. Malik next to Malik Collins, I I think those two together are going to create some havoc, and I'm not sure who the other side's going to be. I think Ross Blacklock is is doing well in his second training camp at right tackle. Waiting to see who's going to play a lot and who's going to start it right in, but they're going to play a lot of players. They're, they're got to have eight guys they can rotate. And remember, when they cut them now, the guys they want are going to go on the practice squad. And uh, so a lot of young guys they cut will go, and they can have some veterans. So it's not like 
they're going to leave. And one thing I'm interested in when the cuts come down, how many Patriots that Nick Casario will go after? Because every Patriot who was there before 2021, he had a hand in bringing them in as draft choices or free agents. And as you guys know, you want your guys who've been through the off-season program and have been through training camp. It's just easier for them to transition to the practice squad, and especially if they are the kind of high-character guys who are help creating the culture and lay the foundation for the kind of players they want and the kind of team they want to build uh, to eventually their goal is to win a Super Bowl. Speaking of former Patriots, John, a former Patriot is in, I would think, a battle for one of the running back positions. Rex Burkhead. You've got Mark Ingram, you've got Phil Lindsay, you've got Burkhead, you've got David Johnson. Scotty Phillips has been very good this camp. You've got those five, keep all five, on the 53-man roster. They might try and keep five or four on the 53-plus practice squad, but defense line's a tough cut. Running back also is one. How do you think running back shakes out? How many do they keep and which ones do they keep? Well, tight end's another one. Because do they keep a true fullback like Paul Quisenberry who can play tight end? Or do they cut him or put him on the practice squad and let one of the tight ends play fullback? If you look at what Casario and the Patriots did under Bill Belichick, they liked the real fullback. And when if you look at the Ravens, and that's where David Culley came from the last two years, they like a real fullback. I don't know that they've got a fullback like Devlin or Ricard. Uh, but they got it. Hey, when you're going to run the ball more than you did last year, you got to have a fullback. If they think one of those tight ends, like Ryan Izzo or Anthony Alclair or Pharaoh Brown, can line up at fullback and be a lead blocker when they need it, that's great. But and I, I, I think the key here is, Buddy Howell has made this team. Buddy Howell is the senior member on the, of the Texans running backs because he's been here since 18. He's here because he's a really good special teams player. Do they keep him for special teams and keep three of the others? It wouldn't surprise me if they don't try to trade David Johnson, see if they can get a pick, because I think he'd have a better chance of getting a pick for him than Rex Burkett. I don't see him keeping all four of those because a couple of them got to play special teams. You know, those backup running backs after the first two, they got to get out there and, and conk some people. And so that's going to weigh heavily on that. And then at tight end, you know, they got a tough cut. They cut Kylie Waring, claimed by Minnesota. But right now they've got five tight ends. They're going to keep three and Paul Quisenberry or four and not Quisenberry. If Quisenberry gets cut, I'd love to see him go to the Titans and be reunited with his brother, David, who's starting for the Titans. And that's going to be a tough decision at tight end. And uh, I can't wait to see what happens. All right. Well, John, we can't wait for the season opener. And we'll wait right through next week because for the first time, now we have an entire bye for the entire league next week. No fourth preseason game. How do you feel about the schedule now, the way it's shaping up here? You have this third and final preseason game weekend upon us, and then you'll have nothing on Labor Day as far as the NFL goes. How do you feel about it now that we're getting there? Mark and John, I thought, and I think we talked about this, this is the first time I've ever wished 
the Texans had a fourth preseason game just because they had so many new players. Like watching how it all plays out with all these new guys that he's brought in, I think I just figured out there's 28 new players on defense. And because I, I also figured out for a column I wrote tomorrow, Tom Brady will not recognize his defense, not only because 4-3 instead of a 3-4, but there's only nine players on that side of the ball who were on the roster or the practice squad two years ago. That's how much of a transformation they've undergone under Nick Casario and even last year. But I think it's great. There'll be a lot of roster movement next week, not just with the cuts to 53 by 3 o'clock on Tuesday, but the practice squad the next day, and then more players are going to be going across the league. And i tell you what, if you were dumb enough or stubborn enough not to get vaccinated, you are going to get cut. They're not going to say it, and you're going to have trouble getting picked up. And uh, you got to wait five days before you can try out with a team where a vaccinated player can just walk right in there and try out immediately. You're at a severe disadvantage. And you, and if you didn't get vaccinated and you're on your team, like Tennessee's got nine players on COVID-19 right now. I think the most Texans have had is two or three. But if it's regular season and they were playing Sunday, they would be in big trouble. Uh, Sean McDermott, the Bills coach, was so critical of his players today. He said, I don't know what else we can do to get these guys to get vaccinated. But I hope the fans and the media, when the time comes, if unvaccinated players hurt your team and, and contribute to a loss, I hope they get the substantial, the, the criticism they deserve. Oh, I, I mean, I don't even want to think about that because that is going to be a bleep storm like, like none other. I, I, Absolutely. Just, I can't even... I can't even imagine what it's going to be like if a team has to forfeit a game because Ooh. of that that situation. I mean, I just I, – I don't even – And it's you lose ridiculous. money. You lose game checks if you cause it. Can you imagine if you're vaccinated players and you got a few nincompoops on your team that cost you a game and you lose your money? Wouldn't that cause problems in the in the locker room, in the position rooms? I would certainly think yeah. it would. Yeah, I mean that would be the first sure. thing I would I would think is if I was talking to those guys along those lines, John. Two guys that the co I don't think there's not a COVID situation with them, but there is an injury situation with them, and they're on pup right now, and that's Lane Taylor and Marcus Cannon. Now we've seen the offensive line the last few weeks, and Laramie's uh, hopefully going to get off COVID nineteen here fairly soon right back in at left tackle when he is ready to go. I don't think there's any question about that. It looks like Titus Howard at left guard, Justin Britt at center. How do you think it shakes out left guard – I'm sorry, right guard and right tackle? Do you think it's Marcus Cannon at right tackle and then Max Sharping or Lane Taylor? Or do you think – and I guess it's hard to say because we haven't seen but three games from Lane Taylor the last two years. But we know that James Camping coached him in Green Bay. So how do you think that right side of the line shakes out if and when Lane Taylor and Marcus Cannon both get healthy? If Charlie Heck's not playing right tackle, it's going to be Titus Howard. The reason Titus moved to left guard is they love Heck, and uh, he made substantial improvement and worked his tail off in off season. The reason they moved Mark Titus was to get the five best players on the field. Cannon, who's 33, and Taylor's 31, those guys will go on PUP, and we'll hear from them in, what, six weeks and or whenever they get well. 
And I watched Laramie Tunsil working out today on the other field, pulling a, a, a thing, not a sled, but something like it, because he hadn't been able to get well enough uh, after suffering from COVID-19. I'm thinking, does he wish he got vaccinated about right now out there pulling that thing? And Tunsil's their best player. He's their highest rated player. And I think about him like I did Clowney. He can be out, and then when the game starts, he steps right in seamlessly and plays really, really well. So Tunsil's the least of their problems. And if he's out there pulling that mini slit or whatever, that weighted thing, he'll be ready in two weeks. And uh, as far as Cannon and Taylor, I don't think we're going to see them for a while, even if they were activated. They've missed so much time and missed the preseason. Once they're ready, it's going to take them – time to get ready and i'm guessing they'll have some injuries up front they'll need them but uh, right now their starting five is set yeah it really looked to me like cannon was looking good out there on the side field and i thought dr vandermeer thought he was um, you know, not too <laughs> far away but i really don't get uh, paid for my expertise in that area so i should leave that alone general hey uh, the titans have all sorts of COVID issues and what about how it's going on on the field? You've said before it's kind of quiet. Other than that in Tennessee, it's kind of quiet right now with the way things are going. But Tannehill, the head coach, my goodness. Now you have the Colts with Quentin Nelson. I hate to bring up COVID again, but this, you know, we always talk about injuries in this league. This isn't an injury, but it's its equally devastating to your team's chances to win. Well, first of all, on COVID-19, if you're vaccinated, and you test positive, all you need is two positive, two negative tests, and you're back. You're not out for five days if you're vaccinated. People are talking about, oh, Ryan Tannehill's going to be out. No, he's vaccinated. He'll be back in a day, in two days. And then Cam Newton obviously wasn't vaccinated. And, you know, that thing about, uh, they were, what did they call it up there? Not a mistake. You know, the Patriots don't make mistakes on stuff. Obviously, Newton Miscommunication. Miscommunication. And there's no miscommunication Mm. with the Patriots. Newton screwed up, and it'd be funny or appropriate if because he screwed up on COVID-19, Mac Jones got his foot in the door and it never came out. And, uh, yes, this is going to be – COVID-19 is going to be a disadvantage for some, an advantage for others. If the Titans had to play Sunday, they'd be in big trouble. And they're playing a first-place schedule this year. The Texans get a break from that brutal schedule they played last year. But um, I know I'm like you guys, pumped for the season. It's like being a rookie all over again. And even though people don't have high expectations for the Texans, because they have so many new players and a new system on defense that's looked good in preseason, I'm excited to see how all this plays out. And as I've said before, and I'll say it again, I think they're going to start two and one. I may be wrong. I saw Sports Illustrated. They had them one and 16, beating the Jets. It's amazing to me the way that people are still picking them to lose to the Jaguars, despite a rookie quarterback playing his first game against Lovey Smith, who you know will have a lot of things planned for him. And then Urban Meyer, one of the greatest college coaches in history, but as Nick Saban showed, you don't just step in and automatically win in the NFL just because you you won in college. All right, this is for both you guys. We're going to play quarterback carousel. you got to call your shot. Who will 
start. All right, here we go. General, you go first. The Chicago Bears, who's the starting quarterback? Well, they've already announced Andy Dalton, but he won't be long before Justin Fields starts. Okay. Mark, yeah, you I, agree with I that? I was amazed. I was amazed. In fact, we got a who's better on that coming up. But I was amazed they just went ahead and made that. Why make the announcement now? Do it next week. You know, give the media something to write about next week when you have no fourth preseason game. <laughs> just get ready for your final tilt and hold everybody in suspense. What's the problem? Okay, San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan Jimmy says G. he knows who it is. You're going Jimmy, Jimmy G. G. Okay, Absolutely. Mark. Well, well, Jimmy G was kind of uh, in his press conference. He kind of let on that you know he got he has to be ready for when Lance comes into the game or what something like that. I didn't hear the quote, but I heard that he did something like that where he sort of had a tell, if you will. I think. Look, if you want to win football games right away, you have Jimmy Garoppolo on your team. How do you not start Jimmy Garoppolo? I know you drafted this kid, but he's raw, raw meat, right? He needs to develop. Jimmy Garoppolo is a proven player. He missed one throw in the Super Bowl, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, he's terrible. Please. You want a lot of games with him when he's healthy, and as long as he's healthy, I would play him until Lance just beats him out, period. I know Jimmy G didn't do well in the preseason game last week. I don't care until he proves that he's terrible. I'm starting him. Okay, this was not the Vanderant. That was not, but it was pretty good. No, that wasn't. Um, okay. That wasn't. Uh, all right, here we go. England Patriots. General, you referenced it with Cam out. Mac mm. Jones stepped up and did some nice things. General, who starts in New England, and who do we see in week five? Uh, in week five, we're going to see Mac Jones. I thought Cam Newton would start the season out of respect. They spent a lot of money in free agency to help Cam Newton. But I'll tell you what, that miscommunication uh, could cost him his starting job if Mac Jones keeps looking good. But I'm still going to say it's going to be Newton. When you play a rookie over a vet, you got to make sure that the players understand it too. Because usually that starting quarterback's very – is very respected by the veterans. You don't want to bench him just because you got a number one pick at quarterback. So I'm going to say Cam not starts the season. Texans will see Mac Jones. All right. Well, my band like rant is for later, and it is the media reaction to the Mac Jones performance uh, in the joint practice session <laughs> yesterday against the New York Giants. But we'll save that, Johnny. I think Mac yeah. Davis should start for the Patriots because Mac Davis looks really good in North Dallas 40. You know, he's got the hair. Uh, you know, he can go out partying, wake up. He's got Nick Nolte to throw the ball to. I think Mac Davis would be a good starting quarterback for the Patriots. How many listeners have a clue what you're talking about? <laughs> I know, really. That was over years so ago. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. You're right. It's awful. I hate that. I hate the dated movie references. North Dallas 40, see it, boys and girls. It's so dated. In fact, it's so – some of the football scenes are so badly shot – you just see darkness in the background because they're like, how are we going to do a crowd? I don't know. Just make it really dark, you know, so you don't see anything. And the, now, you know, they do a really good job of simulating full stadiums. You know, for a while they had to get actual people. Now they just get a few people and digitize everybody else. And, General, you know all these movie tricks. I mean, you, I mean, you've been around these sets. When we shot the rookie at the Rangers ballpark, we were up in the press mm -hmm. box and we were watching them snap onto the seats in left field these dummies and and they were doing them like every third seat and every time i've watched that i've stopped actioned it 
I've done everything, and I cannot tell which are the dummies and which are the fans because I was there for the filming. But that's why they that's why they're Hollywood. Well, I think exactly. they are dummies going to. There's a joke in there somewhere. There's definitely a the joke, joke in there somewhere. While they were doing it, Randy Galloway, the retired columnist for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, said to the director, John Lee Hancock, hey, if you hang on to some of those dummies, ship them over to Jerry. He's going to need them this season for the Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, I felt like a, a Deadpool moment where I had three or four different lines. I'm like, I can't get one out. I got three or four lines right here. You know, like the the dummies are sitting in the open air stadium in the summertime in Arlington. Uh, but they needed them for COVID last year. I don't know. We had a lot of different ones. Okay, General, what do you have going out in the Chronicle? You mentioned a uh, column for tomorrow. I did write a column about Justin Reed talking about after missing Rodgers and Prescott, what a good test Brady will be. Uh, Brooks Cabina's got a story going on Malik Collins. We've got podcasts and videos and notes and blogs and columns. And, guys, thank you very much, and I will see you at NRG Stadium. Looking forward to it. General will be on the uh, pregame show as well, which starts at 4 o'clock right here. Coming up, who's better? We've got quarterback decisions. We have Stephen A. Smith, who wants a new partner and who should it be instead of who he wants? And the Van Durant is coming up a little bit later. Like we said, it's Texans Radio. This is Whitney Merciless, and you're listening to Texans Radio. Don't touch that dial or else. The Houston Texans and Chevron have teamed up with the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Houston and the Houston Food Bank to create the Chevron Market Pantry at the Houston Texans Team Club. The partnership provides food to the local community and is run by Team Club members and Chevron volunteers. Together, we're helping make Houston a better place to call home. From the slightest bend to complex motions, your body is made to move. At Houston Methodist Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, our teams are using advanced technology and imaging to develop custom treatment plans, and our minimally invasive procedures can help you heal faster. We have the expertise to keep you moving because every movement matters. Find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. When it comes to buying a home, look to the experts at TDECU. We're made for this market with quick pre-qualifications so you can make a competitive offer fast. We have unique options for you like no money down or up to 103% financing. TDECU Mortgage is here for you. If you can't find the home that's right for you, build it with a great construction loan. You've got this. TDECU Mortgage. We make home happen. Visit TDECU.org for details. Equal housing lender. Summer-only savings await at your local Hyundai dealer. Where you go from there is up to you. Huge savings, new vehicles arriving daily, and, of course, America's best warranty. Get in to get away with it all at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR for 60 months, plus zero payments for 90 days on the 2021 Elantra. See your local Hyundai dealer, the official car of the Houston Texans. For well-qualified buyers only, offer ends 9-7-21. Call 469-613-0227 for more details. Houston Texans Lux members report up to 12 times ROI on their Lux investment. 
That's why 50% of Fortune 500 companies in Houston have joined Texans Lux. Lux is not just networking and access to the team. It's an asset that will work for you. In a competitive business environment, Lux members earn a return by utilizing the wide variety of Lux benefits. Find out how you can use Texans Lux to grow your business. Visit HoustonTexansLux.com. Lots more to break down. He's in. Touchdown, Houston. Next on Texans Radio. What do you call a group of friends who spend every Sunday huddled around the TV for hours, wearing horns on their heads and blue and red paint on their faces, jumping with a Miller Lite in one hand and a hot barbecue short rib in the other, while proudly chanting, we are Texans. You call it Miller time in Houston. Here's to the Texans. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth, Texas. You're listening to Texans All Access. For the latest stories and videos on your Houston Texans, check out HoustonTexans.com. All right, let's do this with game day a couple of days away. We're 48 and a half hours away from kickoff. The New England Patriots are not visiting. It would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But they did visit in the preseason in 2017, Johnny, and Tom Brady played in that game. That's the only Brady appearance in the preseason at NRG Stadium or anywhere against the Houston Texans until now. So we have that. And for the first nine years in franchise history, the Buccaneers visited, or not visited, the Buccaneers played the Texans in the preseason finale. That was game four then, home and away series. And what is your prevailing memory of that series, Johnny? Do you have one? <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Bucks and Texans? I, mean, I don't there know was, I have one, right, to be so honest. This, this is for the nitty-gritty, mucky-muck Texans fans, okay? The, the digging-deep Texans fans like yeah. me who remember that in 2009, Dan Orlovsky, and he's pretty well-known now with all his ESPN mm-hmm. stuff, Dan Orlovsky yep. was the backup quarterback to Matt Schaub, and he started that fourth preseason game at Tampa. All right, so yeah. we were looking forward to Bananas Foster at the half, which all the media members bring up when they talk about <laughs> going to Tampa because Tampa that's Bay, what matters yes. is is dessert, okay, or food on the road for media people because we're very self-important this way, and we're hungry. Anyway, yes. Orlovsky starts the game, throws a pick. Grossman yeah. comes in and is like, I'm going deep. And he just starts chucking yes. the ball around the yard, and he throws two touchdown passes and wins the job. And Orlovsky's has gone at that point. Good for him. He's got his, this career now broadcasting. But that was like a fourth preseason game moment, if you will. And I bring it up because it was the Buccaneers that we used to play. Yeah, game. I remember that now. I do remember that now because Orlovsky had come over, and he was a UConn guy. And Sean Pendergast's dad. Oh, yeah. Was- um, is a is a big UConn guy. He knows all of them. I mean, uh, Paul got us one. Oh man, Paul! One day, the summer of eight oh eight or nine, he got us Ray Allen, and Sean and I blew through about three straight breaks, th- about thirty to thirty five straight minutes with Ray <laughs> Allen, and it was awesome. It was awesome. So like anybody connected to UConn, we were we were all about it. And so when Dan. Wow signed here we had actually we had actually talked with dan uh you know like before he got to houston and of course you know we brought the whole thing around out of the end zone and all that we you know we thought he was great and so then he signs with the texans and we were like yes this is awesome we got our guy we got our text and then that tampa bay game happened and we're like 
uh-oh. I guess that's not going to be our guy. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, um, I do remember that now. Gosh, that seems like eons, eons ago. It was, it was. Are you ready to play who's better? Of course. Okay, here we go. Who's better, Johnny? Better quarterback decision. Not the better quarterback, but the better decision made. Denver deciding to start Teddy Bridgewater or the Bears announcing that they will start Andy Dalton. Better quarterback decision. Broncos. The Broncos all the way. And and here's why. I think that Drew Locke is the more talented guy. And... Well, but we have, but we, I shouldn't say, I should say, and I should say, but, but it hasn't come together for him. Now I will admit not having, you know, watched, you know, every single practice like we have of our Texans and, and preseason games will only tell you so much, but you know, Teddy's the kind of guy for defensive head coach like Vic Fangio, because Teddy is not going to take a ton of chances. He's going to take the check downs. He's going to take profit at times, but he's really not going to push the ball down the field. He's not going to do a ton of that, even though he's got a bunch of weapons in Denver like Gordon Sutton, K.J. Hamler, Jerry Judy. He's got guys to throw the ball to and throw it down the field. So at some point, they're going to realize, you know what, look, our defense is pretty good, but we need a jump start to the offense. Drew Locke is then going to get that opportunity and what Locke does with that opportunity is going to tell you what the Denver Broncos want to do at the quarterback position in the offseason. If Locke gets – once Locke gets that job back and all of a sudden looks like, hey, man, there's something here, they're going to stick with him. If they find out, okay, look, Drew Locke just hasn't – he's not getting it. Bridgewater is not the answer. We got to go get a quarterback via trade or via the draft, depending on where they fall. And that's going to, that's going to tell a story. To me, the Bears – Make a Justin, I'm sorry, uh, Andy Dalton, QB1. And you know I'm a big Andy Dalton fan. I, I love Andy. I think he is a tremendous guy. He's from Katy. Um, did great work at TCU. He's one of the more underrated guys, I thought, early on in the NFL. Because from 2011 through 20, uh, I think the first five years in the league, he had the Bengals in the playoffs. Doing some solid things with the Cincinnati Bengals. But it, that time has passed. It's Justin Fields' opportunity. Put him in, and could could we see a scenario like Tom Savage and Deshaun back in 2017? Heck yeah! Savage goes out there, realize, oh man, this ain't gonna work, and then you go to at that point the rookie, and then you know the rest is history. So I think that's going to end up happening with the Bears. I just felt like watching both quarterbacks, and I saw both their preseason games. There's no way you could tell me if you took the the jersey numbers off and you didn't know which one was the vet, which one was the rookie. You'd have no idea. You'd say, hey, start one. He's the better quarterback by far. He should be starting. Justin Fields will be starting by week three. Okay. Justin Fields starts by week three. I'm writing this down. Yeah, write it down. Better chance. Right, so who? So who I, I got it. I got it. We're going to monitor okay. this. Right. We're going to monitor okay. your picks. All right. Continuing, who's better here? Better team that no one is talking about. Minnesota or the Raiders? Better team that no one is talking about. And really, I know some people have mentioned the Raiders and having fans in Vegas and all that. Minnesota's had their COVID situation. But really, these are real under-the-radar teams right now. Yeah, Raiders. I think Derek Carr, everybody wants to replace Derek Carr. I I think if – I don't know. I don't know if it's Gruden. I don't know who it is. But just leave the guy alone. Let the guy play quarterback. 
He's been a very successful quarterback. He was not the reason that team went in the tank last last year at the end of the year. Defense couldn't stop anybody. Uh, I think Henry Ruggs in year two can prove to be a much more valuable deep downfield weapon. I think Josh Jacobs, the way they run the ball, look, I know they made some changes on the offensive line, and I do think that group is not nearly as good as it's been. But with Josh Jacobs uh, in the backfield, I'll take my chances. Darren Waller's one of the top tight ends in the league. And I think defensively, uh, they've gotten better with some of the additions that they've made. Uh, and I feel like it's just, I, as crazy as it sounds, I feel like the quiet and the silence will do the Raiders some good. Just shut up and play. You know, just win, baby. Just shut up and play, baby. That's what they should do. I think the Vikings quarterback issue is going to be a, a – the quarterback situation is going to be an issue because this whole non-vaccinated thing with Kirk Cousins, I think it's going to rear its, its head again. I just, I just do. I think there's going to be something there. I think Zimmer was furious with what went on with those quarterbacks. He drafted Kellamon at, at the end of the second round. And I do think that there's going to be there's going to there are going to be issues. Now, I do think Minnesota's defense bounces back and and plays better, but I think the offense is going to have some struggles and if anything slows down Dalvin Cook. If there's any nagging injury, an ankle, a hamstring, calf, whatever, that offense is going to basically be Cousins to Jefferson, uh, you know, with a side order of Cousins to Thielen, and that's it. Uh, and that's not going to do them well. I think it's going to be – I think the Raiders. Okay. Johnny, continuing who's better. Better-looking rookie quarterback based on what you've seen. Whatever it is, what you've seen in the preseason, mm-hmm. Mac Jones, whatever throws you've seen from him – or Zach Wilson. They're both in the same division. We don't know if Jones is starting or not. He's the subject of the rant coming up in the next segment. But who's looked better to you? Wilson played Green Bay most recently. Jets went up there and did pretty well. What do you think? Well, I, you know, it's I think both of them look really good. They're just they're just different. Mac Jones is kind of like Greg Maddox in that Maddox could just he could throw five different types of fastballs and locate them exactly where he wanted to. None of it looks just, you know, blow you away. Like every every time you watch Greg Maddox pitch, you felt like, hey, they should hit this guy. And then the ball just dances and moves perfectly where it's supposed to go. That's kind of the way Mac Jones is. You know, he's sort of an artist in that way. Whereas watching Zach Wilson is kind of like a guy with this massive curveball. You can't hit it. Man, his stuff is just electric. Maybe not the 98, 99-mile-hour fastball, but, man, the stuff he throws, things just break off the table. Because some of the throws that Zach Wilson made against the Packers, he zipped one into Corey Davis on dig route. Then he kind of bought himself some time and threw back across the grain to Davis. He really kind of found something with Corey Davis, too. So uh, keep an eye on that connection. But it, this one is kind of 51-49 to me, like almost right down the middle. I still will go with Zach Wilson because I do think – that Zach can still buy himself some time in the pocket, whereas Mac does get some nice pockets, but I still think things have got to run relatively uh, smooth for for Mac to be successful. Now, look, he's not a tree sloth back there. I mean, he can you know he can move a little bit, but if you start getting some pressure at his feet, you start making him move a little bit. I think Mac will break down a little bit more than Zach Wilson will. Zach will, you know, keep things alive, you know, flick one sidearm, 
know, Zach Wilson is exactly who everybody wanted Johnny Manziel to be, to be honest. And he's shown it at least through the first couple games of the preseason. So we'll see. He showed some touch on a touchdown throw to Tyler Croft. Uh, that was beautiful. Down the seam, made a great throw. Didn't zip it, didn't loft it, kind of put it in between um, and made a beautiful throw. So I'm going to say Zach Wilson, but this one's really, really close. I have a fear. I have a question I'll ask you, but I'm going to save it for off air. It has to do with Mac Jones being traded, but I won't, I won't, I'll save it for off Ooh. the air. Yeah, okay. it's very intriguing. That's, 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 a, that's a tease for everybody to like yeah. get to know us and uh, whatever. Yeah. Take us out to dinner. Get to know us okay. and then we'll ask you guys. All right, who's better here? Stephen A. Smith has said, reportedly, he wants Magic Johnson to be a co-host. Oh, no. Better no. co-host for Stephen no. A. Smith. Who's better? Magic or no. I'm going to name one here. You got you to gotta name one. I'm going to say Jalen Rose. I, You know, Jalen Rose might not be loud enough, but I oh. can't see Magic doing great in that job. And I love Magic, but that's not a good job for Magic. How many times do we have to put Magic in the wrong job? Late night talk show host, head coach of the Lakers. Don't, you know, Magic is a great businessman. He's a wonderful guy, a great ambassador of the game. He does not need this job to be Stephen A. Smith's counterpoint. This is so depressing. Stephen A. Smith <laughs> with Magic. I just, yeah, I, I no want good. no... I want no part of that. No, Jalen Rose could be Jalen Rose. Yeah, J- I, you know, Jalen can go toe to toe with Stephen A. Like I can, I can. See he that. would beat now, him. I, th- I think it would be a mismatch, honestly. Jalen can, Jalen can go off the deep end with some things, and you're like, "Yo, Jalen, that's just flat wrong." What you said, like I've heard him say stuff that is just flat wrong, and I'm like, "Ay, yay, ay." But, but Stephen A. If also, anybody. Oh well, Stephen A is is the steady error. He is he's an error in walking every time he gets ridiculous. That said, Jalen go toe to toe. I like I like Jalen. Um, I would suggest Rachel Nichols, but it sounds like that's not going to happen. So let's let's no. move on and go with Jalen Rose. I'm going to say Jalen Rose. Let's go. Let's go, Jalen. So not happening. Let's go, Jalen Rose. How about yeah, okay. Jalen Rose will work. All right, you know who Stephen A. Smith is. And you're going to – look, and we need the general back. Stephen A. Smith is Howard Cosell of this era. He is. I don't want to hear him. I don't like his voice, whatever. You know, a lot of people don't like him, but he's making $12 million a year because people watch him. I don't like him, but I need to watch him. And, you know, just like Skip Bayless and he were perfect together because, I mean, they would both say things that I'd say, what are you, crazy? Come on. That's not even true, factually. Yes. Either love to listen to him, or you hate to listen to him. But that last word is listen. That's what you're doing, mm-hmm. and that's all they want. Right, and that's and that's what's right. going to happen. If you have Jalen and Stephen A, it'll be it'll be toe to toe. You know who'd be interesting going against Stephen A every day because I don't think Stephen A could handle telling him he's wrong is Allen Iverson. I don't know how good AI would be on the mic, but that's not <laughs> the only guy Stephen A. Smith would be like. You know, you know. Uh, Alan, you're, you're right about that. When you have 14 players <laughs> out on the field, that's going to be a good thing for the, the Texans this year. The other day, somebody – it was actually it was actually Allen Iverson. I don't know if you saw this, Mark. Allen Iverson said, no, no lie, no cap, I still play football. And he posted a two-minute, 14-second video of his football highlights from oh, high today, school. Today? Listen, today, 
it would, people would be all over that. Look at Kyler Murray, you know? I mean, look, Iverson is not the biggest guy in the world, but he could tear it up today. Now, I don't know if you make it as – look, Kyler Murray's future is still in doubt, if you will. Uh, he's immensely talented, done some things, but uh, jury's out for the long term. All right, let's get to this next. The Vander Rant on a certain um, – quarterback up in New England getting some media attention. Uh, it's not really about him as much as other things. And Johnny's going to give us the best college football game of the weekend because it starts up. And it's not all about brand name. He'll be the first to tell you. It's Texans Radio. Don't miss a single thing on your favorite team. Follow us on Twitter at Houston Texans. This is Texans Radio. As the preferred eye care provider of the Houston Texans, Houston Eye Associates knows that vision is everything, especially in football. Houston Eye is here to help Texans see better and keep their eyes on the prize. As a Texans fan, you'll win all season long. So visit one of our 28 Houston area locations this season and receive 20% off your optical purchase when you say that you share the Texans vision. Come and see us today for more details. Houston Eye Associates, the preferred eye care provider of the Houston Texans. In America, the future belongs to everyone. So we built the trucks of the future for everyone. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling trucks for 44 years straight. Built for performance and capability on and off-road. Because the trucks of the future aren't built for a few. They're built for America. Ford F-Series, drive one today. Based on 1977 to 2020 calendar year total sales. This Labor Day, put an end to junk sleep. Right now at Mattress Firm, save up to $500 on our top-rated brands when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 on Sealy. Or shop Tempur-Pedic and save up to $700 on adjustable mattress sets. With our highly trained sleep experts and our low price guarantee, you can rest assured you'll get the best bed at the best price. Unjunk your sleep only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. Super Bowl 56 is heading to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And On Location can make your whole weekend unforgettable. With On Location, you can enjoy pre-game parties. Choose from an incredible selection of game time seats and get unmatched access throughout it all. On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL. And the only way to experience the ultimate Super Bowl. Visit NFLOnLocation.com slash Super Bowl for more information. That's NFLOnLocation.com slash Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Fear of missing out is a real thing. Don't have FOMO when it comes to your favorite team? Follow the Houston Texans on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Okay, Johnny, here it is. Here it is. Mac Jones. All right, standing back. Look out. Mac, Mac Jones. All right, so there was a joint practice, joint practice sessions this week between the Patriots and the New York Giants. Jones yesterday, yesterday, did well, apparently, against the New York Giants. In fact, a PFF reporter published his numbers. He went a combined whatever it was. It was like 80% combined in <laughs> – one-on-ones, seven-on-seven, and 11-on-11. I thought, one-on-one stats, baby. Let's go to the Super Bowl. Let's just publish everybody's one-on-one stats. For those who don't know, that's just a quarterback throwing to a receiver who's marked by a defensive back. That's all it is, right? And if you complete the pass, that's a completion, and it goes in your stats that are going to be reported 
and describing how great you are in practice because you're lighting up the New York Giants and you're ready for the Super Bowl. He was fantastic. And Newton was out, of course, because of the COVID issue. But to make this much of a big deal, and look, Mac jo- I like Mac Jones. Johnny, maybe Mac Jones turns into a fantastic NFL quarterback. He might. I'm not going to take that away from him. But when he completes a 12-yard pass, I think that if you took Davis Mills and basically put him in a, you know, his numbers in Mac Jones, they'd be like, look at that. Look at that throw. Look at that. Oh, that one didn't yeah. go so well, but look at that throw. He's going to be great. I don't know. I just think there's such a desire to have the Tom Brady replacement in New England. They know it's not Cam Newton because he's a short-term fix at best that yeah. they're going over the top. They're going over the top for Mac Jones. Any kind of positive development is way cool for them, and they're going way too far with it. And by their logic, by their logic, not all the media members, but some of them, they should be begging for Cam Newton to start based on the fact that he did well against the Eagles, right? He was 8 of 9 or whatever, and Jones wasn't as good. So let's start Cam Newton on that logic. And I think it ultimately will be Ultimately, meaning week one will be Cam Newton. I think ultimately it will be Mac Jones, but I think Cam Newton's going to get the first chance uh, to lead the New England Patriots, and they'll take it from there. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think we talked it over with the general a while ago. This week has been great for Mac Jones, and it's funny because you said PFF. It actually was one of the New England beat writers. The, The New England beat writers all keep stats, attempts and completions in practice. Like six or seven of them. One your, your buddy, yeah, all of them. Every, everything. Your buddy Armando Sargero shouted him out today saying, and he listed like six or seven of them and said, hey, man, it's great you guys in New England watch with such a fine-tooth comb. These are some of the best. I'm like, why? Because they're counting completions in, pre, in, in practice? We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice in one-on-ones. You should complete 85% of your one-on-one. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I almost followed the well, Harris rant. But it's just it, – I, I I could leave that behind if I'm well, being honest. Well, listen, so I mentioned earlier Brady played against the Texans in the preseason in 2017. That was Watson's rookie year, right? And in that game, Watson didn't play well. You look at the numbers. They weren't good. I think it was 3 for 10 or something like that. But everyone's yeah. begging for him to start. You know, because, look, the preseason is the preseason. Now, I'm not saying it means nothing. I'm not saying it means nothing. And practice clearly means something. But it's a body of work. It's what you're seeing. It's what's thrown at you. There's a whole lot of context there that doesn't get, that, that doesn't get told properly, I think, by so many of these reporters. All right, running out of time. Quickly, give me the best game of this weekend because they're only about four or five games anyway. And I know, uh, what, Illinois plays Nebraska. That's brand name. But you got you yeah. Hawaii, UCLA. What else is good, Johnny? What's good? I, I want to watch Fresno State. I know there's been a lot of talk about you know Keaton Slovis, quarterback USC, and quarterbacks throughout the country. I think the best smaller quarterback is Jake Hayner from Fresno State. This guy was unbelievable last year. Numbers-wise, accuracy, he's kind of got a Zach Wilson-like throwing motion. He's got a good arm. He's got some weapons. Jake Hayner, guy from Fresno State, I'll take him before a lot of a lot of the the 6-1 and under quarterbacks. He kind of fits in that category because Slovis is not a big guy, but just from the West Coast, he can throw. And he, he, they play UConn. UConn's got a great, great, um, big, massive nose tackle. I think his name's Ernest Jones. Uh, he's a pretty good player. But there's some FCS <laughs> games that are pretty good. Um, San Jose State plays. San Jose State plays. Um, and that means 
Nick Starkle plays for his seventh year, third team seventh year. Last year they won the uh, they won the Mountain West uh, when he took over first year at San Jose State. Yeah, A&M, Arkansas, and San Jose State. Like uh, they take out Southern Utah. I don't know what it's been, but it's been like seven years. He's been around forever. Um, and they play Southern Utah. The team with that linebacker I showed – oh, no, he transferred to Washington State. What am I saying? He was at Southern Utah. Now he's at Washington State. Yeah, he's got more vowels yeah, in his get name that right. than we have letters. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> so, you got right, that. Johnny. So, it's not a big slate, but Nebraska-Illinois will kick off uh, at uh, noon on Fox. So, that's a good way to start on Saturday. All right, Max Sharping tomorrow. Also, Gene Deckerhoff, voice of the Buccaneers and the Seminoles, and you know all those subjects are coming up. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Jim Mudd. Thank you, John McClain. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans. Touchdown! Texans Radio continues in a moment. What do you call a group of friends who spend every Sunday huddled around the TV for hours, wearing horns on their heads and blue and red paint on their faces, jumping with a Miller Lite in one hand and a hot barbecue short rib in the other, while proudly chanting, we are Texans. You call it Miller time in Houston. Here's to the Texans. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Calling all Houston Texans fans. It's time to take it to the house with Ashley Home Store. Enter for a chance to win two tickets to an upcoming Texans home game at NRG Stadium. To enter, simply text Texans to 797979 or visit any Houston Ashley Home Store location near you. We have 12 Houston area locations to serve you. Enter today only at Ashley Home Store. This is home. Proud partner of the Houston Texans. Since 1946, Blue Ribbon has proudly served Texan families natural smoked bacon and natural casing sausages made from premium ingredients seasoned for Texas tastes. It's the preferred sausage and bacon of the Houston Texans. Blue Ribbon, it's a Texas tradition. Two is better than one. How many times have you heard that one? More than once, I bet, because it just adds up. For example, there are two, not one, great reasons to fill up with Chevron with Tecron. Number one, unbeatable cleaning power. And number two, or maybe this should be number one, unbeatable mileage. Plus, Chevron puts Tecron in every grade, every gallon of their gasoline. So that's two, no wait, three unbeatable reasons to go with the one and only Chevron with Tecron. Care for your car. What if your preferred hospital could also be your primary care provider? At Houston Methodist, we go beyond hospital care, offering you everything from flu shots to well-woman exams to managing your weight and cholesterol. And our primary care doctors and specialists are connected all across the city. So whatever the need, wherever you live, we can be there for you. Visit HoustonMethodist.org to find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. Hey, we gonna let you Get ready for the Cracker Barrel National Presented by Pepsi Zero Sugar. Sunday, August 29th, 4 p.m. NRG Stadium in Houston. Featuring some of the top HBCU marching bands in the country. Southern University, Lexington University, Tennessee State, Norfolk State, North Carolina, and Texas Southern, Bethune, Cookman, and Jackson State. Tickets start at just $25.
get $15. For more info, log on to NASA BattleOfTheBands.com. Also sponsored by Cricket and ATB. Get your ticket and ATB.